Welcome back to What Have You. I am Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. I've come back after a long Hi, and Jesus. difficult foray into things we can no longer remember that kept us from podcasting. Well, one of the things that kept us from podcasting was we got together on a drizzly afternoon to podcast. Uh huh. And we spent a lot of time with. We hadn't seen each other no. in too long, and when we haven't seen each other in too long, we talk about really boring things. Yeah, because Rachel was telling me about her pressure canner, and I was saying things like, "I don't even know what it a was." Pressure a really fancy. Like. It was a really fancy discussion that went sort of like, "Have you ever done this?" Is, I don't like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, but have you considered? I'm not the kind of person that considers that. No, because that Rachel was like. I cooked a frozen turkey in a pressure canner. And I was like, huh. <laughs> I kind of don't have random frozen turkeys, nor do I have a pressure canner. Can't, it, it was it was not, shall we say, sparkling conversation. No, it no. was not the sparkles that we liked at to present. At some point in the middle, we looked at each other and said, cancel this. This cancel is worse this than broadcast. the napkin episode. <laughs> cancel this yeah. broadcast yeah. immediately. Yeah, we did. So we did the other that. day, Becca, I'm driving along with Moses in the back seat. Moses, being an effective reader, is greatly entertaining. It okay. really adds to just yeah. the quality of life. Okay. And we're bombing along, and he says, Mom, I'm just really not a fan of public spaces. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, What? Okay, my response was like this. I was laughing. And he was like, what? What's funny? I'm not, Mom. I'm not a fan of public spaces. <laughs> I was like, well, what do you mean by a public space? And he said, you know, the kind of places where just any random person can come. <laughs> and I said, Moses, what public space do you have in mind that you are not a fan yeah, of? Yeah. And he said, Mom, you know. Right by Moscow Transmission. <laughs> and then I'm quickly trying to conjure up where is Moscow Transmission. I like, couldn't. I'm I couldn't sure I know, but you. I can't think. Yeah. Well, it's he, by Canon, I yep, think. Yep, that's what yeah, he, okay. he filled me in on that okay. afterwards. Yeah. And then he was like, Mom, you know. And I was like, I can't. He said, it's Canon Press, then Moscow Transmission. And then there is a building that literally says on it, public <laughs> Works department. <laughs> he is not a fan, <laughs> and he prefers random people to not be stopping into the <laughs> the public, the public spaces of the public works. <laughs> it is, admittedly, that building is connected to our water department building, which has a horrific mural on it. Like yeah. a, mur a mural of a woman, just her face, but she appears to be reclining in a puddle. It's like a yeah. face coming upwards and a mallard duck flying Flying overhead. overhead. Yeah. And then another woman that has two different eyes. 
no <laughs> who reason. looks Hawaiian for some but reason. But just weirdly. With like a hibiscus behind means, her ear. It means nothing. It no. connects in no way. Well, no. the mallard is sort of it's relevant. It's like a sinister duck. It's very weird. Anyways, I, that <laughs> mural is sort of in the area of that. And so I thought maybe this was it. But then I, I was like, well, there are some public spaces that you like just fine. And he's, he's what do you mean? I said, well, like a park. And he was like, oh, well. I'm all right with parks. I just it's just the public works department that does not meet a meet a standards. Well, it does have that weird skate park roof. Yeah, so it's a weird it's, building. Yeah. But I the amount of time it took me to untangle the thread of what are we talking about? Oh my word! He's I like, why it. is this funny? I don't understand. What's funny about me just telling you I'm not a fan? <laughs> oh, it's good. I always like it when you build a whole opinion based on a piece of misinformation yeah Yeah. well that's like public discourse right there in a nutshell right a whole life organizational system that's based on misinformation that's probably for sure what's happening do you feel like right now we're parked right next to a highway and Rachel has her window down so I wonder if we're too stuffy either we have to turn the AC on I have the AC on do you want me to roll my window up? Well, I don't know. Do you feel like we're causing You tell uproar? us, audience. Are we <laughs> making too much noise? Dear listeners. Dear listeners. How was the highway sound? Was it terrible? Yeah. So I uh, am trying to renew my diligence to get all the things done all the time. Mm. And you will be shocked to hear that it's so far not really going well. <laughs> well, I was going to say you're several jumps ahead because... I have just gotten to the spot where I'm dwindling around in the back of the pack. I have... Is this open? It's not open. That's your problem. Well, you... <laughs> there you go. All right. What what pack are you dwindling in the back oh, of? Oh, the people who care. Oh, know, yeah. You know? It's, it's like, like the phases of life. Well, you get... You had the, like, <clears throat> the original, like, momentum of January that really pushed us through... And then whatever it was that weeks. happened that derailed us from that initial enthusiasm. I'll tell you what it was. Spring break. I declared us to be back in for a new January not very long ago. I was like, let's start over with yeah. that January momentum. I don't know that you can just declare it. I think you can't just speak your truth like that. You know? Uh-oh. Oh, right, Josta. Hold on. Just keep talking, Becca. Keep talking. No. I'm going to criticize Rachel's way of life while she answers a text. No, I just mean, like, I can't make myself care in March the way I cared in January. I can tell myself that I will, but it doesn't mean that I will. I'll just, you know, fizzle around. Yes. And that's where I am. It's the, I'm staring down the barrel of the end of the year, all the things. Well, I'll tell you what parallels it. Just in my life. Yeah. I have to roll this back she down. Has to roll it's just down. too stuffy. We're sitting in the sun and that's a problem. Mm. Um the thing is, here's what's a good picture of it all. Okay. Is that we're done with the winter. Uh-huh. And we're dabbling our toes into the spring. Yeah, I even saw some daffodils but, yep, bloom. But one of the harsh realities of this time of year is that the snow has melted and it has shown us all the little garbage, garbage. <laughs> that has been left yeah. behind. Yeah. And it's like the time when you need to go out and clean up all oh, the yeah. stuff. My yard Do is a debris what? field. I'll tell you that our puppy 
our puppy is a bad puppy <laughs> not really she's a fine puppy however she i thought the deer were getting at my tulips it's the puppy oh eating the tops off what? of my tulips rude rude the foliage of the tulips yes nipping it off at the when, oh right as word. it comes up that I mean, is it truly can be nothing not nice. but malice because no, there's tons of nice. other th i mean there's yeah. eat anything there's yeah. about three things i've planted on seven <laughs> acres why eat that <laughs> why nobody's uh, trying to keep you from the yeah. big weeds i yeah. mean go at yeah. them but yeah the baby rhubarb coming up she <gasps> was trying to chew on and the tulips and i was offended well, I, I would be offended. Yes, I just was. Yeah, that's not good at all. No, it's not good. But my point is, in the same, like, but here at least, we're really teetering on the brink of a very beautiful, fruitful, lovely yeah. season. But it's just the painful realities of mm -hmm. what. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's sort of like also paralleling that garbage that was under the snow oh, that yeah. now that it's all thawed we it's see like it. all the flotsam and jets it's like the first time we have to put shorts on for yeah. the year and yeah. everyone goes wow <clears throat> well wow i'll tell you right wow that we shortcutted our way through that painful moment because spring break we all burned to a straight oh. up crisp and did it in a flash of time. It was like, <laughs> I have never burned so fast in my life. And neither had anyone in our family. It was like a complete sneak attack from the sun. And then we all came back peely and toasted after spring break. But once you sort of push through that difficult stretch, Hero was like, hey, now, this is kind of a great idea. You just go spring break, get it out of the way in, in another place where <laughs> you don't have to be, you just burn, and then and then you come back and you, you don't have to do the horrible blue goose pimply time. Well, we used to have a shag rug, shag area rug mm -hmm. in our living room, and uh, I vacuum it all the time. Yeah. And nonetheless... If we would pick it up and shake it out, like Luke on one and me on one, just stuff, oh, pizza yeah. crusts, four-inch <laughs> screws, stuff that you cannot believe were in I know, it, I know. and it, like popcorn, like full mm -hmm. popcorn, mm -hmm. yeah. and just stunning, yeah. stunning things that would come out of it. Yeah. And then we realized, I mean, one time when that was fresh on our minds because we had recently had such a shocker yeah. of an experience. <laughs> we were driving on one of these early warm days and Luke was like, you know, we were at a stoplight. There were a bunch of people standing around. It was some kind of a, on the university campus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you just really were like, wow, yeah. where has all of this been? Like yeah, all of a sudden right? everyone feels compelled to be out in a tank top and shorts. Oh, and yeah. he's like, yeah, it really looks like someone just shook out the shag rug yeah it does it here does. we all come <laughs> plopping out of yeah. our hiding places it's just yeah. funny lots of work to do is all i'm saying yeah. in all yeah. areas exactly I, the logging trucks are really adding an ambiance i bet um yeah the uh the amount of work to do like we always every year we have our annual Ha ha, here comes May. Look at all the mayhem. Look at all the, you know, 
our main getting. Yeah, but I think that for me anyway, May comes early this year. I think I've got. I think I'm the, actually the real... already feeling like June is today. Yes, that's yeah. yes because we have the wedding in June, so we have all the things mm-hmm. coming at us. Yes, hardcore between now and then, but then the wedding to sort of be the cherry on top of that. So there's much planning to do and much preparation yeah. to make, and and then and then I do continue to sort of realize what an opinionated human I am <laughs> in places that... I will tell you, Becca, that this comes as a shock to yeah, no one but no, you. No, it's not a shock, <laughs> but sometimes you find it out about something you didn't ever know you cared about, but it's because you've never thought about it. And as soon as you think about it, you have deep feelings about it. You know, it's yeah. just... it Because you every single detail of the wedding, you have to think about how am I going to word this invitation? Sure. How are we going to run the RSVPs? How are we going to, you know, every single thing you have to formulate an opinion. And then I find myself spinning down the sort of tunnels of the world view of wedding Beg photography. I, I was just complaining <laughs> to some friends about myself. Okay. Just sort of just reporting on my own failings in okay. this regard. Okay. So I, this is an old problem with myself. Okay. I have a long and tangled history with quilting. Yeah. And, but one of the things is that I like, I like old quilts where people made quilts out of what they had to make something beautiful. And made them lovely. And they made something beautiful out of whatever hectic things they had around. Yes. Yes. That appeals to me. Yes. For that reason, I save odd pieces of fabric yeah. For using sometime uh-huh. in a quilt uh-huh. of great renown that I imagine in right. my mind. Right. The trouble is, and I even save scraps. So I'll, if I have a little scrap of fabric, I think, but the women who I admired who made very cool quilts wouldn't throw this away. <laughs> because it's a yeah. pretty blue. Yeah, right. Or something what if could be done with something could be done with this. So while I am actually really a good purger. I get rid of stuff all the time. So this is not a hoarding problem. Yeah, This is a specific area where I feel like I need a big resource on. So then I see this, um, I see this pattern. It's just like a way it's like called a crumb quilt. And either way it's where you use really little scraps. So at the same time as I save these things, or even buy them, if I find uh-huh. a weird assortment of vintage scrap fabrics, mm-hmm. I'm on it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I need those. Yeah, sure. I also want to have used them. I don't just want to mm-hmm. have them indefinitely. I'm like, I should whip yeah. out a baby yeah. quilt or something with these. But as soon as I begin this process, I am. it is like I am deep in the philosophies of mm-hmm. what it, what is the essence of a quilt. What does quilting mean? Do I really like these fabrics together? Because how do you, how do you both, how can you both like the hecticness of what someone threw together with what they have and then not like it when you do it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, but the reality is I'm just overthinking the heck yeah, out of this thing yeah, while I'm yeah. doing it. I mm-hmm. have too much time. Cause I'm, I'm there on the, just 
yesterday I was trying to like get a draft of a wedding invitation to show Belle. So I'm just double checking the proper etiquette, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a load of just terrible things with weddings. We all know weddings have become like the centerpiece of evil in a lot of departments, socially speaking. So it's like, what is the etiquette of a same-sex couple? How do you list, you know, it's like, stop, stop, stop. I'm just, you know, like, I just want to know the traditional thing. Well, so they give lots of examples of like, come dance with us as we get married and I'm like okay but but hold on boogie down with the Merkels but you're like <laughs> actually I when you invite people to a wedding you're not inviting the dance troupe what you're doing is asking them to come be a witness to something like they are yeah. actually there in a role it's they're not, not like, there just to celebrate they're there to right. actually witness and so then I'm like yeah. okay so which ones of these phrasings do we need to you know it's just funny because there land you on? go well we haven't I haven't done anything yet but i had something I about like, like ours might say to witness the I, marriage i have that on it to come um, i think ours might say doug and nancy wilson invite you to witness the yeah, marriage of that's their what i have too. the word witness yeah. in there because that is the point it's what we're asking you know and so do, it yeah. feels like one of those things that um you know if you just say come yeah shake a leg at the wedding it's not really what the point is no, you know, it's surprising. Sort of a shake a leg sort of us a, is a good sort of a side issue, really. And not, yeah. not the priority. Yeah. But there's a lot of just details like that where you're just thinking, like, okay, I mean, yeah, there's a lot. We've already talked about, yeah, like, what is it? What is the bride wearing? Oh gosh, speaking of what the bride's wearing, we did go wedding dress shopping and a really funny, no, awful, sad twist, but ridiculous and ludicrous and amazing is that you know like it's it's uh, like on satiric it levels. is yeah it's it is. crazy is that we went to a couple places and um oh the dresses that this lady pulled out for us to just start with she's like tell me what you like about this one do you not like mm-hmm. just give me your idea and then i can i can try to figure out what you want and mm-hmm. everything also side note that job would be the worst because they clearly are trained to do nothing but affirm you like oh yes wow you're right it's amazing how do you feel like everything they are not there to offer any honest feedback really at least the not the ones they're very sweet but jemima's comment at the end was I feel like that was like spending all day long in a women's restroom where it's just compliment after compliment. Like, oh, I love your shirt. Where'd you get those shoes? Oh, oh your hair's so cute today. tired when you get your hair done. Yeah. I'm it's like, like I that. can't yeah. have this. Con- yeah. I can't keep at this. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so she shows us the wedding dresses. What do you like about this? Not like about it. Like what kind of lace? Do you like the lace? What do you think about sleeves and blah? All of the ones she pulled out for us to initially look at had completely sheer bodices like it was sheer the entire top and then it had a nude sort of bra cups sewn in the front and there was lace hither and thither but it was just sheer you know and some like one of them it's like cut down to the waist under the arms plunged to the waist in the front Mm -hmm. etc and then some of them they would have like a, a nude colored netting and some of them it was just a white netting but all of them were sheer so anyhow we we struggled around trying to find one that really just had a top half yeah and then um we went to the second one and so we were like okay just right at the front we want one that is like not sheer the bodice we don't want to be sheer 
We'd like it to, Which is an know, amazing thing to need yeah, to in articulate. In a bridal shop. And the lady goes, oh. And she's like, actually, most of our dresses, they are sheer bodices. And she's like, but we could see about if we could add a lining. <laughs> and I was like, what madhouse is this where a bride... <laughs> Is expected. She's expected to be topless. This yeah. is what we are expecting. I was like, this is amazing. Like, it is just such a ludicrous situation. And there were some beautiful ones that did have a bodice. But, you know, it was like everything about what those dresses were saying is sleazy. Yeah. You know, like, but princess sleazy. You know, here I am in my massive skirt. Uh, neglected to put a shirt on but you know but it's they're all supposed to be sexy and they're all supposed to be yeah. this and that so you're like, like but a, what is a bride supposed to be representing on her wedding day it's like not purity and yeah. no it's I, terrible no that's a really no. terrible sad and thing. not to mention there's a number of black ones too that's kind of a trendy thing too to have the black wedding dress like black lace. So the black everything. one is probably at least more true to facts. <laughs> <laughs> or scarlet. I didn't see any mm, horrid Babylon dresses. Yeah, but it... <laughs> it's probably what they should do. <laughs> but it really is amazing because I, I do think that, strangely, the wedding industry is where a lot of the hot war is right now. And even the people who aren't in the same-sex sort of side of things, it's really sleazy. I mean, yeah. it's like weddings are sleazy. Like the bride and groom are kind of sleazy, and then the wedding party is even sleazier, and the guests are all there to be sleazy. It's just a, it's a shaking their it's a sleazy shame. legs <laughs> and their insufficient bodices. Yeah, it's too bad. I actually think it's that this is bad. a thing though that raising daughters in this world right now. It's just time to lean in harder. It's oh, just yeah. time to Gosh. lean in harder to the, like, no, like... Mm-hmm. And I, I would say this to any of our, like, well, really, women of all ages need to think about modesty all the time. It's a, it is a thing that needs yeah. to be... That ought to be thought of. But specifically, younger girls who feel like dressing up to be sexy is a thing that has a place in your life mm-hmm. like trying to get on mm-hmm. a hot little dress and wow yeah. the crowds <laughs> is uh, like as though that's a thing at all that you're supposed yeah. to do I think that there's just I don't know I think that that's a really interesting problem among Christian women is that that people started to act like sexiness is cuteness like being okay cute or pretty is actually not the same product as trying to be sultry or okay. sexy or so hot. I have a thing to say about this. I, we maybe have said it before, but this actually just... This might be actually a prime example of what we were just talking about is overthinking some... But I think that it's very accurate. Um, and I talked about this in, in the Classical Me book that I wrote. But when you learn another language and you are learning other vocab it actually makes you categorize the world in different ways, right? So I use the example in the book. Um, I don't know if it's an urban legend, but, you know, you always hear that the Eskimos have like 16 different words for snow or something or 64 different words for snow. I don't know what it is. More than we do. More than we do. And 
if you had to use a more precise word than snow, it would make you look at the snow more closely before you could use the word, mm-hmm. right? Because we have like, there's hail, there's corn snow, there's snow, there's slush. Uh, and there's sleet and there's... But imagine if we know all the different kinds of snow that falls from the sky. There's the big sloppy flakes that are just going to turn to water as soon as they hit the ground. There's that, the days when it sparkles, the air sparkles, because mm-hmm. there's like little tiny snow just in the air. Uh-huh. There's um, uh, lots of different, there's the little flurries that come down. There's like ultra blizzard. There's, you know, yeah, all sure. of these things. And if you had to use a precise word, it would mean that you would look at it more closely than just saying, oh, it's snowing, you know? Uh-huh. And so vocabulary, it, it's like it forces your brain to file things more precisely. When you have a more precise word, you actually right. see reality slightly more precisely. And I think that we somewhere recently in recent history leveled all beauty into hot She's so mm. hot. And actually, if you think about how many words are there for beauty, there are a lot. And right. we have collapsed everything into hot. So mm-hmm. when somebody posts a selfie, we all know what everybody's supposed to do. Fire, fire, fire. Hot. You know, <laughs> like it's that. And it's like hot. The connotations of hot are actually like sexually available, sort of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like... It actually means that. And if you look at a woman who is lovely and you say she's so hot, it actually really cheapens it. It doesn't just cheapen it. It's totally inaccurate of someone who's, who is. Yeah, because there's beauty, there's loveliness, there's cuteness, there's prettiness. All of those things have different connotations. Like they are more specific. But we've lumped everything into hot, and then we've decided that's what it means. If you want to be attractive, what you need to be is hot. Right. And then, so that means you're going to dress in a sort of sexually available way. Or you're advertising as if you're sexually available, even if you aren't. And so, because you want to be thought of as hot. And I just, I think that there's a real vocab thing there. Where it's like, if... Yeah, it's because we're just shorting ourselves out of all of because the things there's that we nothing, should want to be. There's nothing wrong with a woman wanting to be beautiful or whatever it could turn into vanity but i think there is a spiritual problem with your goal being to be hot because then it's like you want everybody to want you you know which right. is i i don't know i just think there's a serious um cheapening and leveling of all beauty in a way that has reduced it to just cheap uh-huh. and no, totally. Even on a bride's wedding day, she's supposed to look cheap. In a very expensive yeah. dress. You know. Right. That And it, it's true because hotness is a much shallower... Goal. Goal than <clears throat> if you... Like, as if you said something like, I want to be the kind of woman who people would assume from the way I look that I would be gracious. Mm-hmm. That involves a lot more. That's like a lot of actual ingenuity and thought. And mm-hmm. how do you how do you communicate mm-hmm. kindness or you like? There's mm-hmm. a lot of, but there. I think there. Not that people would say, "Wow, she looks so gracious today." But I'm saying <laughs> you do actually see things that are yeah. external markers mm-hmm. of 
that mm-hmm. kind of woman, mm-hmm. right? That yeah. you are like, yeah, I totally could guess different things about someone from the way that they look. But we don't aim nearly as high as we should aim. Yeah. And part of the problem, I mean, it's just a cyclical problem. But women are settling for that level of attention instead of what, like, instead of actually, Chris Schlecht to my high school class, I remember apologetics. I feel like it was a sudden detour in the, (laughs) in the discussion because it was apologetics, not. Speaking of someone teaching apologetics, we cover a lot of. Yeah. I just remember him suddenly feeling, being like, girls, what are you? I feel like he was saying everyone is fishing for something. What are you baiting the hook for? <laughs> and yeah, and I now a I can't remember if he said, "What are you looking for? Carp, bottom feeders, carp or catfish, or uh, you know, or yeah. going for it?" Oh, it just was funny. But the reality is true. What are you trying to attract? Yeah. If you're trying to attract a godly man, or if you already have attracted a godly man, why are you still out setting <laughs> bait traps? <laughs> For ungodly men, what are we doing here? You know, yep. like, what is the yep. goal? Yep. But as you know, how sometimes you have a, a bad attitude. And <laughs> no, I don't. No, do not have that. Do not. Is that just my it's struggle? Something you do, right? Is that my private struggle? <laughs> my private demon to wrestle? Is Nobody else understands. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, on the times where you are brew ha haing up some kind of a tude, and it's within you. Mm-hmm. But were you to actually begin to articulate it, you suddenly see it for what it is. Oh, like yeah. Oh, yeah. that, Or just the reality that you know you can't. Like I'm having an attitude about something that cannot be spoken because there <laughs> is no way to put that. Yeah. That is in yeah. any way persuadably godly. Yeah. But like you're Absolutely. just like, it's the big reveal of what my motives are. Uh-huh. And it's always, it's never good news. You never find out what your motives are and think, oh, at least, at least it was, <laughs> at least my motive was righteous. pride and selfishness. <laughs> yeah. And you never find out at least my motives were pure. Yeah. They were never like a, pure. Yeah. I'm so glad I could be as petty as this. Yes. You're like, oh my word. Well, what I was going to say is many, many, many women need to have that moment with why they're dressing the way they're dressing. Yeah. They need to have that moment with like just just basic questions. So what if the whole world decides to wear shorts with their buns hanging out? Should you? <laughs> and the answer is Nay. No. Nay, Guess you what? should not. The answer is that <laughs> your buns cannot be like the buns of the world. <laughs> you can't you can't do yeah. like it matters yeah. not. That this is what we're doing. And the funny thing is, when people are so eager to kind of try to fit in or look the part, that they'll try to get as close to that as they can possibly. Instead of just being like, why don't we not? Why Mm -hmm. don't we just say, Mm -hmm. leaving you guys to your own devices on that (laughs) bad idea. Like, (laughs) we'll just do something else. I know. We won't... Wear those. It's the truth. You know, we won't it's be the, the midriffy. Also, it really cracks me up when people act like it is purely pragmatic. Like, 
like you don't understand that in order to play volleyball oh yeah one cannot do it in clothes one sinks to the bottom <laughs> if one wears more swimsuit than the least amount of swimsuit one is endangering one's life <laughs> I know. I actually think it's amazing because, like, board shorts are were non-existent until, like, that mm-hmm. came into being, and yeah. when, and it didn't come into being due to modesty concerns. I don't yeah. think initially. I think it was probably had more of an androgynous, like, I don't know, but I just probably yeah, but I, yes, it was something. But the reality is that there's really no reason. To wear miniature swimsuits anymore. Mm-mm, no. But there is people who are trying to find a reason <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's But it is always you're right that it's always some like you don't understand. It's impossible. Yeah. I know. I had to order expensive shorts for my girls. Yeah. Because when <laughs> we were questing for shorts for track Oh, yeah, that's hard. Everyone's just in the miniature inseam with a cut up to the hip bone Yeah, look. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But then then we found one pair that had a good um, length. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, look, we yeah. found it. And it had little perforated holes all the way up the sides so that you could <laughs> see your Perfect. underwear. Perfect. We're like... Why? I mean, like, it really was like yeah. someone had come in with a hole puncher yeah, just like to just saying, make sure that it didn't... Oh, you wanted a bodice oh, on your wedding dress? I assumed you wanted a sheer <laughs> bodice. <laughs> when you asked for a dress, I assumed you meant a skirt and the shadow of a bodice. <laughs> oh, it is so crazy. It's just so crazy. It's just not worth the... No. It's not worth muddling around about. No. So I think it's a... This is a thing that I just think we can disagree about particulars of, is this modest or is this not modest? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's all right. That Christians may or may not have the same idea on those things. But the, the question should always be one we're totally willing to ask. Yeah. And and the goal should be the same. Well, that's my point is that maybe we disagree, but Mm -hmm. if someone said, did you know, that I think it's immodest to wear leggings with a short shirt. Yeah. Then I think that Christians should be willing to have that discussion. Yeah. Is this immodest? And not just sail off like a bottle rocket. Well, this is what I was talking to the rhetoric teacher at Logos earlier about earlier today. Is one of the things we're always trying to do in all the different classes is let's have a vigorous discussion about right. something you actually disagree on. And nobody may get offended, cry, get in sin about it. It's like you should be able to disagree and not fall apart about it. And it is very true that we live in this moment where somebody else having a different opinion than me is victimizing. It makes me, you know, sad that they think something different. It's like, no, come on. You know, you should be able to discuss this and have an opinion. Like if Christians are agreed that modesty is the goal, then surely we should be able to talk about it and say, okay, so what does that mean? Let's flesh it out. And like you said, have differing opinions. But I do think many Christians get offended immediately if the topic of modesty comes up and they don't, 
they don't want to talk about is it modest or immodest. They want to throw a flag on the whole discussion as being a victimizing discussion and an offensive right. discussion. And why aren't you talking about the men? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you making the men do a better job of, you know, it's like it's trying to throw a penalty flag before the discussion even happens, which right. shows that they're defending what they know to be a weak position. You uh-huh. know, like, it's like, no, we can't get to the point of trying to talk about the bikini because I want to talk about why aren't you talking about the men? Why aren't you talking about the objectification of women over the many years? Why aren't you talking about the oppressive culture in churches that, you know, yeah. it's like the best defense is a good offense. So yeah. we're going to, we're going to. Luke was on a rape trial jury one time and it was, and it was, um. This is not really significant, except for I think it was, it's just interesting. I think you've talked about it before. I'm not sure. Have I? Whatever the case, the interesting part about it was that everybody didn't like either of them. Mm-hmm. Like the whole jury had zero sympathy with either of them. Yeah. But objectively, and because of the way she was behaving, because of the fact that they knew she was lying in her testimony, but mm-hmm. she was just lying about her own motivations and stuff. Mm-hmm. She was not lying about the facts of the... Sure. Rape. It's just that it was. It's just everyone knew. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it was very revealing, and yeah. that whatever. And mm-hmm. when they found him guilty, women on the jury were all crying. Like it was mm-hmm. a young because it was like college students, and it was mm-hmm. like this is a young person, and it is yeah. a big deal yeah. that he is going to be a rapist for life. Mm-hmm. Like it is, and mm-hmm. it is a big deal that a girl that in so many ways was participating with this and has no, had no virtue sort of, you know, like here, like that she was the, like, it was just a terror. She's the reason he's going to be. And I think everybody, the judge had to give them all a little pep talk about the, about the sentence is not your responsibility. It is your responsibility to decide if he is guilty or not guilty of this. Right not what does it mean for his whole life because that you know everybody was yeah feeling the yeah. weight of it because it was a big deal anyways it's just random but I was gonna say it's an interesting that kind of a situation when you say people are all like why don't you talk about the men's fault I feel like that's the only thing anyone talks about yeah, is the I men's know. fault right now nobody is yeah. even in Christian churches we're not willing to talk about yeah. women who are because we actually all agree that the men cannot behave that way, no matter the provocation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's like everyone agrees with that. There's literally yeah. no one. Well, this is C.S. Lewis's amazing observation that when confronted with a flood, flood we break out the fire hoses. It's like, that is what we're doing. That is so that. That is absolutely what we're doing. There may have been times in the past that women were held fully responsible for the men's sin. But well, that's yeah, because certainly not the no, case No, I would say not held responsible for the sin. But it, th- even this is interesting because it's a really broken social norm that was the case, I would say, in different times in history that women were held to a different standard of morality. Like, uh-huh. there were fallen women and then there were women but the men could be wherever they wanted to be and maintain their respectability but But the thing is as much as that is a huge corruption of 
everything. And, you know, as much as that's disobedient to God's law, what they weren't wrong about was the importance of female virtue. Well, I will say that, that I think that sort of double standard, I think Christianity tends to get the blame for that as like enabling this horrible uh-huh. double standard. And to be honest, it wasn't Christian at all because obviously the Bible teaches the opposite. It prohibits but adultery it is, and fornication. No, but and, yeah. it is a very pragmatic worldview because the truth is, um, it was never about the sexual morality. What it was about was money. Because it was about the heirs. You have to know, like, if you're a wealthy man and you're going to leave your inheritance to your son, you had better be able to trust that that is your son. Yeah. So you care very much that your wife be chaste. Mm-hmm. And it's not because of an abstract commitment to purity. It's because you are being very pragmatic. And if you're going to have someone as heir to the throne, you don't want it to be actually the son of, else's. The, yeah. of the kitchen steward. You know, it needs to be the king's you need son. To know. Yeah. And it's like, it actually, that is a, it's just a straight up pragmatic approach to like, right. But the part that it's not wrong about, and this is what's interesting is that's a very broken system, but it's not broken because it was keeping a high standard for women was broken because it did not hold that same yeah. high standard well, across. Well, because it didn't care about the morality, really. Right, it, but yeah. I'm saying the we yes. tend to look at that thing as how unfair, yeah. like everyone yeah. is holding too high of a standard for wives, when it's like, when it's actually, no, it's actually like, what a miserable life for all those we men, right? Actually, you know what's really interesting? This morning we had an assembly at Logos, and Toby Sumter was the speaker. I'm sure he's going to put this on his blog because, you know, he usually puts up his talks. But um, he was talking about, he read a selection from this article that somebody wrote. And she was describing being invited to a meeting um, in somebody's home in 1969. And they started with this little mantra that they recited where the lady would ask questions and they would all speak in unison. Kind of like, you know, the responsive part yeah. of the church. So she would ask like the sort of catechism question and they would all reply and it's like, what are we trying to do? You know, start a revolution, you know, the cultural revolution, how are we going to do it? And it was by, um, it was okay. What was the first question? It was essentially, we're going to, um, break the family, but it was like, we are going to take down the American patriarchs and and then how are we going to do that? We're going to take their power from them. And he said, how are we going to take their power from them? By destroying monogamy. And it was like by... Yeah. But, and this was the first meeting of the National Organization of Women. It was the, this was the beginnings of the National Organization of Women. Oh, yeah. But it was the destruction of the American patriarch by attacking monogamy and promoting promiscuity, eroticism... Um, prostitution and something else. And by doing all of those things, it was going to destroy monogamy and that would take away the power. It's actually interesting. And that's how we'll bring in the revolution. Because you, that is how you destroy the power of it a is. man. It I'm is. Like it is. It's a very insightful. Yeah. It's a very insightful yeah. place to strike because if you can lure a man into sexual sin, you have neutered him. Like yeah. you have got him in a place from which there is no coming back for mm-hmm. him. When I say that, I don't mean 
I don't mean there's no forgiveness. I mean there's no power. Like even King David's David, power. Even left, King David yeah. was so powerful and his sexual sentence like he was a spent force at that yeah. time. And why does it say, do not give your strength to, to women, women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings? <laughs> well, wow, Becca. Pop quiz from us. Um, but the, like, why does it say that if that's not possible? Why is right. it like, it's totally possible. Yeah. But it's an interesting thing. And that it's that... actually an interesting, just to connect that to the modesty. Yeah. Do you actually want to be part of destroying monogamy, destroy like do yeah. you want to join in with that little with the cultural revolution? Take down monogamy, yeah. take down faithful men, take yeah. down Yeah, and I'm sure that like what they meant by that was probably the oppressive power that they have over women, but it's like it doesn't matter. They were so right that that is mm -hmm. how you take away the power of the American patriarch. It's by destroying monogamy and the best way to destroy monogamy is eroticism uh -huh. and promiscuity and prostitution and well pornography and the basically cheapening of sex everywhere and the highly available nature of sex everywhere and and women reducing themselves to that <laughs> cheap commodity this is one of those weird memories weird memoirs okay i'm not sure how it happened mm -hmm. that sometime when we were in high school that the lacrosse team was given. Oh yeah, <laughs> brilliant a fundraiser. Uh, but I it don't was know a how fundraiser they... for the lacrosse team. And yeah, I don't but know it was why. it was given to them to be Maybe. used as a fundraiser. Yeah. I don't think they signed up for that fundraiser. I don't know. I don't I... think anyone would have thought of it as a fundraiser. <laughs> so, but somehow we got a mazillion brilliant yellow. Leaf like reflector bags, like yellow. really yellow leaf bags that said in huge back black letters on them, "Pornography destroys." <laughs> and we had a, we had a ton of leaves, <laughs> and we just had a humongous pile of <laughs> pornography destroys <laughs> bags in our yard. <laughs> It does seem like a strange, yeah. a strange and sudden mission. <laughs> like, not that it's not true. No, but also, but just back, odd. This just is also on a, on a leaf bag. This is pre-internet. Yeah, yeah, just on a leaf bag, getting the word out. I well, don't know. It, I just remember. You know what? That. God uses many things. I just like to think that that really hit someone on their way home from work sometime. <laughs> or maybe it you was. You know it does. Maybe it was a garbage man somewhere. But I but, yeah, taken a pile of bags. But I. You want to make sure that you make your position clear on things like this. Well, <laughs> so have you been seeing, everybody's been posting lately, that terrible organization that's called like Stop Having Kids. And they put huge billboards up that just say like Stop Having Kids. Anyway, oh, it's such nice. a thing. And um, anyway, they were posting um, these beautiful testimonials that they get from people. Oh and it gosh. was like, I saw your billboard and I was so struck and it made such a difference. And I went and got a vasectomy. So I'm just saying, if somebody can see a billboard that says stop having kids <laughs> and they go get a vasectomy, God can maybe, use maybe pornography destroys backs. I never heard a testimonial, <laughs> but maybe God you know, arrange for someone to see that on their way home and be like, that's what's wrong with my marriage. 
Maybe. <laughs> Who can say? Uh, oh, that was a good, a good time. So I do yeah. wonder where four of those came from. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder I if Dad no remembers. I should ask him. Yeah. So, Becca, do yeah. you have a tip? Whew. A tip. What is my tip? Um, I have a tip. But I think I, it's possible that I already gave this tip. Maybe. But when I'll tip you buy again. A, when you buy a wedding dress, look for one with a bodice. Find a bodice. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Um, or maybe this is a business idea. Separate bodices <laughs> for the wedding dresses of today. Yeah. In search of a bodice. So, um, <laughs> I was going to say, I have one of those food trappers that's like a box with a grid thing on top of it and you can like put half an onion on it and pound it you know okay I Um, don't have one of those yeah I really have a major aversion to overly specialized instruments in the kitchen this is however the way that you can make something like fresh salsa in a large amount really quickly oh like and I did that because I need to make that corn salsa for our PDG and it's like so fast to chop red onions into really small dice and then red peppers and then jalapenos Mm. like you can just haul off and get a lot done quickly that way okay and I mean quite quickly that way so I'm just saying if there's ever a time when you couldn't just use your food processor like you're not trying to like pulse things into oblivion but you need them small diced but you do need to get the job done in a short amount of time this is my feelings on the french fry cutter that I had. I do have one of those. And at no time would that be relevant except when you have to make 600 pounds of potatoes into potato salad. You know, like it's mm-hmm. just, then you're like, you know what I need in my life? Because we boiled them all and then put them in the french fry cutter. And it just like deals with one potato quickly, you know. And yeah. you just chunk 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 and that that really was helpful yeah but i can see mm-hmm. i can see that yeah so but i'm just look here for to the admonish you the cube to consider. chopper thing yeah it's okay. i don't even know what's called how big is maybe it a food it, chopper what all fits inside of it just one onion's worth or more than no you can fit worth. more in the little container underneath but it's really quick to dump it out you just lift the top off it's like you lift a lever up there's a grid that is a blade so okay. you could totally cut your fingers on that you don't want to okay. do it that way but okay. it's a grid and there are two sizes usually like a small dice and a bigger oh. chunk the bigger one I would use for things like butternut squash or like, like okay. whatever but the small ones you just basically I would cut an onion mmm Okay, depending on the size of the onion, you just cut it into quarters and throw each quarter on it, and it really is set it on it, pound it, set it on it, pound it. It's so fast compared to... You can do a butternut squash in that thing? Yeah, not whole because that wouldn't fit under the right. lever top. Right. But if you slice it across, you can How throw it How does it, it and not make it. it into a french fry, basically? Because it's, a, because it's a smaller... You can't have something that tall... Oh, with so the lever. Okay, okay, I see. You know what I mean? Like you can fit like yeah. the height of half of an onion in it, but you couldn't I fit see. something huge. Right. With onions, they have yeah. that very. Yeah. They have that yes. separation themselves. Yeah, yeah. So okay, that's tip. it. But now I need hot to pick tip. Moses up. So and my we, other. That's tip why is we're parked at the by yeah, the highway. Picking him up yeah. just right here. Okay. Well. All right. Until have a next week, time. guys. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out Becca and Rachel's pages on Canon Plus.
There you can listen to their audiobooks, watch their conference talks, and listen to the full What Have You archive. Just click the link in the show notes to start listening today. Today.